So stand our feet. Amen. Let it rain, Lord. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Give him a hand clap of praise tonight. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you turn around and greet your neighbor. Amen. Tonight, good to be here, here in the house of the Lord. Tell him God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is he. Hallelujah. Is he
specials we want to get to tonight. Why don't you take your seat? Sister Sarah Yance, would you come? Amen. We're going to get through these. And then Brother Josh Flory, so good to have him. Amen. And we want to have him sing a special and then a few others. Why don't you give Sister Sarah a hand as she comes? Amen. Now let her into worship because this is just a part of worship, right? It's not a, we're singing specials, but it's not a solo like a performance. This is worship. So you just say, Lord, I'm going to enter right in. Amen. For anyone who's ever seen the mountain of their sins just disappear. For anyone who's 
who's ever felt the hand of heaven reach down through their fears wipe their tears for any life once empty now finds a lids alive and full of songs victory songs then you'll understand the reason why the saints of God may carry on so if I shout no I'm shouting from a heart that's been washed clean if I run no I'm running from a past that's been redeemed to the world it might look crazy but there's just no you're gonna do in that moment Jesus gets a hold of you for anyone who knows the hope that keeps them moving on through troubled days I know Lord for anyone that knows you've got a future and a hope beyond the grave Every life's a different story How he led us out of darkness into light There's no way to keep us silent Every breath's another chance to testify So testify So if I shout, no, I'm shouting From a heart that's been washed clean Carry on now, my brothers. Carry on now, my sisters.
Congregational song will sing. Uh, thank goodness we got. Am I not allowed to get started? <laughs> I love you, Lord. Your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I'm gonna sing Of the goodness of God Sing that again I love you Lord For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hand From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I'm gonna see Of the goodness of God In all my life you have been faithful Of the goodness of God I love your voice Thank you, Lord You have led me through the fire In darkest night You are close like no other I've known you as a father And I have lived in the goodness of God. Can you sing it to him? Of the goodness 
Give him a great big hand clap. of How many is thankful for the goodness of God? You just want to tell him about it. Why don't you stand and tell him, say, Lord, thank you for your goodness to me. I have lived in the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Brother Steve, Sister Emily Curtis, uh, Brother Micah, I uh, forget the whole group that was going to sing that you practice in the back. I'm probably naming names. I've got so many. We're going to take up as they get ready for that, the offering. Just want to say how thankful, amen, we are for all of you that supported this meeting and, and uh, with your attendance and meeting like this, we know, uh, uh, you know, cost a lot of money to put on, but we're thankful for the blessing, amen, that God, how many has been blessed? Raise your hand and say, Lord, I just want to identify. I've been blessed by the word that I've heard this weekend. Amen. But I've got a cup that's empty, Lord, and I need more tonight. Amen. I'm going to expect great things. I've been in expectation all day, friends, just all day feeling like the Lord is just ready to burst forth. And I just want to say, burst forth on me, Lord. Let me, don't let me be distracted. Let me hear the voice of God and respond to it. Amen. The way that the Lord leads me to. We want to take up the offering, Brother Luther. Would you come? Amen. And we're just going to, you can pray over that and we'll take up a special offering. Amen. Here tonight. Amen. If you, amen. Just keep playing something for me, Brother Andrew. You could pray also. Amen. Let's bow our heads. I love you, Lord. And I praise you for your goodness, Father. And Lord, I pray that you would look down from glory. You see the expectation, the waiting hearts gathered here, Father. And Lord, we, we may have faults and failures, but the seed you planted is hungering and thirsting for more of you, Father. And Lord, we know that you placed that atonement there that we could come boldly before the throne of grace, Father. And we come this evening, Lord, praying that you would touch every heart, Father. Lord, as we collect the tithes and offerings, I pray that you bless the cheerful giver, magnify it to your kingdom. And Lord, the desire of my heart, Lord, that you would just magnify the gift that you would put behind this altar tonight, Father. Lord, for the greatest form of worship is the preaching of the word in spirit and in truth. Let the gospel go forth, Father, we pray. Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, I guess we should pity those in this world who must use the earth for a bed and I guess we should pity the man who must toil from dawn till dusk for his bread but these can be rich if they have contentment in sharing God 
salvation plan But if you know any who though they have plenty are lost then pity that man Pity the man who has treasures to hold and knows not the pearl of great price Pity the man though he but knows not the giver of life. A doctor, a lawyer, a traveler, or a merchant, a builder who builds on the sand, a pauper or king to be saved is the thing. If he's lost, pity that. I guess there are those who pity the saved as though they're missing life's best. Forgetting that treasures of earth pass away and heaven's the place to invest. Meanwhile, esteeming the man who is scheming to hold all the wealth that he can. But if he's not giving to God while he's living his soul, then pity that man. Oh, pity the man who has treasures to hold and knows not the pearl of great price. Pity the man, though he live long on earth and knows not the giver of life. traveler or a merchant, a builder who builds on the sand, a pauper or king to be saved is the thing, if he's lost then pity that man, oh pity the man who has treasures to hold and knows not the pearl of great price. Not the giver of life. A doctor, a lawyer, a traveler, or a merchant, a builder who builds on the sand, a pauper or king to be saved is the thing. If he's lost, pity that man. Oh, a pauper or king. To be saved is the thing, if he's lost, pity that man. Brother Joe, would you sing for us? Amen. Tonight, would, could I request a song? Welcome home. Would you sing that? All right. Give Brother Joe a hand as he comes. How many is thankful for Brother Joe? The Hound of Shells, good to have them here.
about as far as I gotta go. Oh my. I tell you what, there's been some Holy Ghost singing in here tonight. My goodness. There's a day just out in front of us I know will surely come Oh, that eastern sky will open wide Reveal God's dear Son And I know from here to heaven Is but the twinkling of an eye in the midst of all his glory comes the sweetest cry welcome home i knew you'd come welcome home you're here for good look around was it worth the wait? Welcome home. Step through the gate. I believe at least for me I'll see my mom and dad Oh, my brothers and my sisters and Everywhere we look are friends Oh, the greetings will be precious Those we've known so dear And no mortal man has ever heard Locks of when he hears Welcome home I knew you'd come Welcome home You're here for good Look around Was it worth the wait? Brother Steve. seen in years and the Savior takes his nail-scarred hand and wipes away the tears 
says welcome home I knew you'd come Welcome home You're here for good Look around Was it worth the wait Welcome home Step through the gate Welcome home I knew you'd come Welcome home You're here for good Look around Was it worth the wait? Welcome home Look around Was it worth the wait? Welcome home Step through the gate Hallelujah You're looking forward to that Hallelujah Amen. We're going to stand to your feet if you could. We're just going to uh, have just one more special and uh, have Brother Timothy come. Amen. Don't you just love the presence of the Lord? Don't you just love worshiping the Lord? Amen. All right, you can be seated. That was your break. I want to ask Sister Sarah Cross to come. Amen. If you'd come, Brother Daniel, Sister Sarah, good to, so good to have our family here. Amen. Come on. Why don't we give them a hand as they come? words up back there. Sarah told me if I sang, I need to know the words. The only reason I'm here is because she won't sing by herself. <laughs> and it's good to be with you all. We love you all. Sarah said I make her nervous. So I, I understand why. <laughs> I don't even know what we're singing. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship
today. Lord, have your way in me, Lord. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, we just come to you once again, Lord, bowing our heads. Lord, not to an idol made of man or some man-made thing, Lord, but Lord, we bow our heads to a living God, a God who knows the needs and hearts and the things, Lord, that we carry, the burdens of our life, Lord. Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would come and you would minister today. Lord, you touch hearts and lives like as never before, Father. As we just felt, Lord, the presence of God just building, Lord, and just looking, Lord, for you to do exceedingly abundantly, Lord, more than we could even think or ask. Lord, we just commit this service to you, Lord. We commit everything to you, every heart that's here, every life. Lord, we just ask, Father, you'll touch each and every one, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn to a very familiar scripture. Amen to Mark chapter 16. 
Man, most of us, no doubt, can quote this scripture by heart. Amen. But I hope it's more than just words on a paper. It's something that we take very dear to our hearts. Amen. Because Brother Brandon would say it was the last words that fell from the lips of our Lord. Amen. When somebody gives you their last words, it's usually very important. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. And so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Amen. We'll let you be seated. We would know this passage of Scripture as the last commission or the great commission. And I I was just looking at this word commission. It's the act of committing or entrusting a person or group with supervisory power or authority. It's an authoritative order or charge or direction. Or it's another one is formally to choose someone to do a special piece of work. Amen. I believe if he's going to choose someone to do a special work, he's going to have a special people to do that work. Amen. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How far? All the world. Who to? Every creature. Amen. And these signs shall follow them that believe. How long? All the world. Who to? Every creature. These signs shall follow them in all the world and to every creature. I believe he was trying to make us understand what that, because he repeated it several times. To all the world, to every creature, these signs shall follow them. In my name, they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, and they take up any deadly thing or serpent or drink a deadly thing. It will not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This was his last commission to his church. And he said, Paul was later ordaining these gifts into the church 30 years later and said in Galatians 1 and 8, if an angel from heaven preaches to you any other gospel than this which is already received, let him be accursed. Amen. He said, so therefore I believe that the Pentecost began without an end. He said, I believe it is to every creature at all times, at all places, that Pentecost should always remain the Pentecostal blessing upon the people. You say, well, what is the Pentecostal blessing? It's the confirmation of the resurrection. It's the confirmation that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will also quicken our mortal bodies. He said, no wonder the gospel itself means good news. Good news of what? He raised from the dead and because I 
I live, ye can live also. Ye which were once dead in sins and trespasses, God has quickened us up together by the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And we are now sitting in heavenly places with him, communing with him, talking with him. He said, what a joy to tell people that story that believes it to be the truth. He said, I'm wondering what's happening today. Are we really getting people to God or are we really getting them just to church? He said, we must get them to Christ where the quickening power lays. Amen. It's good to go to church if that's as far as you go in it, but it's not far enough. When you come to church, that's good, but go on to Jesus Christ. That is the commission of the church, amen, is to get people not to a creed or to a dogma or to some man's idea or a, a new religion. That's not what this is about. It's to get people to Jesus Christ. Because if we haven't got him to Jesus Christ, we have utterly failed in our job, amen. And I believe that there's a people though in this hour that has gotten to more than just a creed or more than just a dogma or more than just an idea or more than just a belief system or more than any of that, but they have actually realized and understood that the life that was in Jesus, amen, is it left his body there and it broke out upon the day of Pentecost and is now moving now again in this last day, is now quickening seeds once again. And it doesn't matter how dark it is, how deep you are, how far lost you are. Amen. If there's a seed of God on the inside of you, that quickening power is going to find you. And it's going to bring that quickening, that seed that's ordained to life. He said we must get them to Christ. That's good. Amen. It's good to go to church. It's good to do those things. Nothing against that. But if you just come to church and you just change from one church to another, one belief system to another, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to get people to a life, amen, the life of Jesus Christ. He said the very essence of this resurrection is to tell and show and prove that Jesus is raised from the dead. He is not dead. He lives. He lives here. He lives in us. And if I be with you, in you, even a little while, the world seeth no more, yet ye shall see me, for I'll be with you, even in you, unto the end of the world. So what was the last commission? he gave Mark 16 the last words that fell from our Lord's lips when he commissioned his church how many is part of his church amen, amen. this commission did not end with the, with the apostles amen it continues all the way down to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ amen this commission it came from the Lord's lips go into all the world and preach the gospel he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned now remember he may be damned he might have a chance he won't have one earthly chance. No uncertain sound about that. If he don't believe, he'll be damned. Amen. Now what kind of sign is going to follow them? These signs. Well, on some of them will it follow? Perhaps it will. Maybe with these signs shall follow them that believe. What signs? They will believe in healing. They will believe in casting out devils. They will believe in speaking in tongues. I'm not making this up as a direct quote. They believe, they will believe in all the supernatural works of God. The resurrected Jesus Christ working among them. Is that the truth? Is that the truth? It's God's last words. Then cursed is he that tries to add to or take away from it. That's just the way it is. Hallelujah. That's just the way it is. So we are under a commission. We are under a commission to believe in healing. 
We are under a commission to cast out devils. Amen. We have been given, amen, authority over the enemy of God. Amen. That wants to come and take our, 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 our children captive or our people captive by sicknesses or sin. Amen. There's a church of the living God who's been given a commission to cast him out. Amen. I still believe in a church that does that. I still believe in the signs and wonders of Almighty God. Amen. That when somebody comes in with sin in their life, there's a power that'll cast it out. When sickness comes, Comes in. There's a power that I cast it out. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what I want to speak to you on is our commission. But I want to title it, We Are Still Here. The mission is still on. Amen. I, I got this from a thought. I, I was doing some study on commissions and things. And of course, our armed forces, they deal with commissions quite every day. But there's an elite group of our armed forces is called the Navy SEALs. And, and I got to studying a lot of that and, 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 their, and their, their will and testament and their, their mission statements and things. And I, I thought it was quite interesting because I, I believe we're also a people of the SEALs. Amen. People of the open book. Amen. You know, I was reading this one SEAL. He said, deprived of support in our environment and the support of our own bodies. The only thing propping us up was our belief to a accomplish the mission the belief to accomplish the mission he said when the mission seemed impossible it was the strength of our belief that made it possible come on somebody the absence of this belief guarantees failure he said a strong belief in the mission fuels our ability to focus and, and to put forth effort and to persist. Believing allows us to see the goal. He said a seal's belief is accomplishing the mission. It transcend, transcends environmental or physical obstacles that threaten to make him fail. Often we think we're indestructible. Forever the optimist, even when we're outnumbered and outgunned, we tend to think we have a chance to make it out alive and be home in time for dinner. Come on, somebody. Amen. And listen, our, our mission is not determined. It has nothing to do with our obstacles that we face or, or the circumstances that we face. No, we have a mission to fulfill. Amen. We have a promise to reach. We have a body change to take. Come on now. It doesn't matter whether I feel like it or not. It has nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter if I feel like if I feel like I'm a Christian or if I've, on my worst days I'm a child of God. On my best days I'm a child of God. What I'm going through and who I am does not determine who I am or who he is. Amen. He says, "I wouldn't want to die in a cage of starvation." Amen. Or have my head cut off for some video to be shown around the world on the internet. My attitude is that if the enemy wants to kill me, they're going to have to kill me now. Our missions are voluntary. Come on now. I can't think of a mission that wasn't ours is an unwritten code. It's better to burn out than fade away. I heard the prophet of God say the same thing. Better to wear out than rust out, right? Amen. It's better to burn out than fade away with our last breath. 
We're, we, we will take as many of the enemy with us as possible. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about some Navy SEAL now. I'm talking about a child of God. I thought, my, if a man could have such a drive in him and be so, so, so moved by, by what he's been taught and what he's learned, amen, from a government that's corrupt and a, and a corrupt government that does all kinds of things, how much more should a child of God have such a passion inside of them to fulfill the commission that's been given in this day? Amen. In my name they shall cast out devils. Amen. I don't want to die in some cage of starvation and be caged up and caged like a bird. Brother Branham saw an eagle that was caged away when he was destined to be flying in the heavenlies. Amen. Listen, there's somebody here tonight that has loosened the doors. You don't have to stay in that cage. You don't have to stay in that cage of depression. You don't have to stay in that cage of doubt and unbelief. You have the rights to walk out of it. Amen. My head ain't going to be on a platter down in hell's television. Look who gave up this time. Look who walked away this time. No, that's not where I'm going to be. No, if I die, I'm going to die killing as many enemies as I can kill. Amen. You know, I, I was actually looking into these things and I ran across a, a man. He's known now as the lone survivor. And, and his name is Marcus Luttrell. They made a movie out of him, wrote books, hadn't really looked at, hadn't watched that or, or read him in his books, but just read some excerpts of his story and heard him tell it on, on YouTube, I believe, as I was studying this, been several years ago. But he was a man with three other, three other compadres that were dropped off in Afghanistan and they were under a mission to go take out a certain terrorist and, and they were looking for him and, and they were under surveillance and, and they were on the mountains during the day and going out at night and looking and trying to find this one. And, and you know, uh, they came across, uh, I bumped into some uh, uh, goat herders and, and they bumped into them and they knew when they did, they, 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 they knew that their position was compromised. So they, they had wanted to, they didn't know what to do. They, they didn't know if they should take, take them out or, or if they should tie them up or, or what they should do. So they voted or done come up with, the leader decided they'd let them go, but they knew that they, they very well could give away their position. And within an hour, they were under extreme gunfire and mortar rounds. And, 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 and it was actually one of the deadliest days for the SEALs. And, and so, because uh, there was others that come in to try to save them and they shot them out of the air. But here, here they were because, they allowed what seemed to be very innocent to live. Amen. You know that little Philistine one day is going to go up to be a big Philistine. Amen. They might look like a peacekeeper or peaceful. They might look very innocent, but they don't have your best interest at heart. Amen. And they very quickly, amen, was telling where he, where he was and, and they find themselves and he finds himself after, I don't know how many hours of fighting for against, the, it just seemed like hundred uh, Taliban band fighters and three and three of them were killed and he's, he's laid into a, into a tree and he's, he's actually bit his tongue in half and he's shot and he's, he's uh, paralyzed from the waist down. And, and I just want to pick up a story as, as, he, as, as he tells it. His nose was broken. It was shoved inside of his face. He bit half his tongue off and spit it out of his mouth. 
He was paralyzed from the waist down. He had crawled into a ravine after hours of fighting and watching the sun go down. He thought his life would just fade away. He said, I was in bad shape. I was dying. I didn't know what to do. I was laying there in this tree looking at the moon. He said, I began to feel sorry for myself. My brother, a Navy SEAL too, a twin brother, and I was thinking of him and my teammates and all the training we had been through. And I laid there and I was like, get up and let's go. That's what I said. What was, what was I going to do laying there and die? I wasn't going to do that. I definitely wasn't going to feel sorry for myself. I kept thinking, okay, I'm alive. I'm alive. I had men that were beside me. They fought and died. I'm still alive. So the mission is still on. The mission is still on. Let's go. And so I reached out and I grabbed a rock and I reached out as far as I could and I drew a line in the dirt in front of me and I'm like, I'm going to crawl till my feet hit that and if I'm still alive when I get on the other side of that line, I'm going to draw a line again. And when I did that, I drew a line and I crawled till my feet hit it and I fell down a hill and I crawled up another hill and I drew another line and I did that for seven miles. Wow. And he said, somebody was like, well, why didn't you quit? That was not an option. That was not an option. That's who I am. Basically, I'm not ever going to stop, ever, period, until you take my breath away and you strip everything away. That's how I am trained. That's how we are trained. From the day we go into training, they take everything that you are and everything you wanted to be and they mold you back up to what they want you to be. <laughs> I thought, ain't that exactly what happens to a child of God? You wonder how you still got strength. You wonder how you still can go. You wonder how you can make another step because he took you and it's not you that liveth, but he that liveth on the inside of you. <laughs> Maybe some of you find yourself blown apart this, this evening and you're on the verge of giving up. Why don't you grab a promise? Come on, grab a rock and draw your line and drag your body across it and draw another line. Let's draw it till we get on the other side. Because we are not quitters. We are not quitters. We have been given a commission and we will destroy the works of the devil. We are still here. The mission is still on. God didn't, God didn't raise us up to be a bunch of wimps. <laughs> Crawl up in our little ball. Is there a handheld? Maybe I can grab it. Hey Amen. Crawl up in a little ball and, and, and just give up. You know, I know we all go through things. Every one of us had. Here's the seal's creed. I will never quit. My nation expects me to be physically harder and mentally stronger than my enemies. If knocked down, I will get back up every time. I will draw on every remaining ounce of strength to protect my teammates and to accomplish our mission. I am never out of the fight. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. God has raised us up to be champions. Amen. Just like him, champions. 
God has raised us up to be greater. Amen. To move into higher heights and the greater positions and places. Amen. We're not here to be a bunch of sissies. That's right. We're not here to be just a bunch of pew occupiers and, and say, yeah, you go do it. Yeah, you go do it. No, you have been called not to be on a sideline, but to be in the fight. We are all called to be a part of this battle. I don't care what position. And called, amen, to be in the fight, to fight with all you got. That ain't just coming to a special meeting and giving a fight. On a Wednesday night, you're called to fight with all you got. On a Sunday morning or a prayer meeting, you are called. Not by me, not by these men, but by Almighty God. Commission to fight with all you got. Brother Brandon would say it like this. He said, what we need today is Holy Spirit spunk. <laughs> Not no watered down, weak back, spineless, boneless Christian. But somebody to stand toe to toe with that devil and tell him you don't have a right. You've come on my grounds. This is my land. This is my property. This is what God give me. Come on now, there ain't a daddy in here that if you would go home and you would find somebody sitting on your recliner drinking your iced tea, ain't one of you would stand for it. You would be willing to fight or you would call somebody who could take care of it, the law, amen, whatever. Whatever it take, you would not allow them to sit there one more moment on what was yours. Come on, somebody, am I telling the truth? Amen, not one of us red-blooded American males would sit there and allow somebody to sit in our house and go through our stuff and go through our bedrooms and go through all the things. No, sir, we would fight. But how many times we allow the devil to come into our homes and come into our bedrooms and come into the things that are ordained to be for God and his service and we allow him to sit there Kick his feet up. <laughs> we need some Holy Ghost spunk, some grit. Get out there and do something about it. Direct quote. I was going to, a, he said, a baseball or football stadium one day. I seen a little thing hanging on the walls. Always struck me. He said, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah, it's a good thing that Chihuahua ain't the size of a, of a German Shepherd. <laughs> Hey, well, none of us have a leg in here. Hey, Amen. He's not worried about his size. There's some spunk inside of him. It ain't the size. It ain't how long you've been doing it. It ain't how great you are. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's the size that's on the inside of you. And it's been deposited by the Spirit of God. Amen. It's, it's unlimited power. He said, if you're a big dog and just a coward, you'll get whipped every time. But if you got, you're just a little puppy and got a lot of grit, you can put the enemy running anytime. It's the size of God in heaven that's in the heart. <laughs> How big is your God? It's the size of God, the God in heaven that's in your heart. 
Amen. Amen. He's a big God and a good God and covers all space and time. He said, you know your amens don't hurt me. Your shouting and crying don't bother me. He said, it puts me to mind when I used to go hunting. I used to like to hunt at night. And Do you ever know that? A possum hunt, do different things. He said, an old dog had about one tooth in his head. But brother, he had a lot of grit about him. He would tackle anything but a skunk. And he said, when he got under a brush pile like that, the only thing I could get him to do, go get that skunk, was lift up that brush pile and hit him in the back end and say, sick him, boy, sick him, boy, and he'd get that skunk too. He said, brother, the worst skunk I know of is the devil. <laughs> That's why your pastor needs your amens. That's why he needs your hallelujahs and your praise God. He needs you in your seat pulling on the word of God, saying, sick him. That's the one that's been tormenting me. That's the one that's been after my child. Get him. Don't let him get away with that. Go after that devil. You say, well, you're trying to get us stirred up. You're exactly right. I'm trying to get you stirred up enough. You'll get off your haunches and your credibility of 50 years ago, and you'll get some Holy Ghost spunk on the inside of you that'll stand toe-to-toe with that devil and say, devil, you don't have a right. You don't have a right in my body. You don't have a right in my children. Is there some fathers here that'll tell that devil, you don't have a right in my children. You don't have a right in my home. You don't have a right in my life. The mission is still on. The worst skunk I know of. He said he's the stinkingest thing I ever smelt. <laughs> yeah. Ain't nothing like a skunk that a stink. A skunk gets in everything. Smell gets in everything. Can't hardly get rid of it. You can try all kind of remedies and it's still staying. It's lingering. That's the devil. But remember this. The Christ and the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. In my book of Acts, I say healings take place. Raising the dead take place. You say, well, I see a lot of fussing going on there. The book of Acts is the acts of the Holy Ghost. That's what that book's about. This is what we are to continue, is the continuation, the Spirit of God moving in our lives, moving in our churches. Come on, somebody. Not just moving in this building, but moving in this temple. Amen. Moving in our lives, not just on a Sunday or a Wednesday, but every day of our life. Amen, maybe you've been under a rock. Maybe you've been blowed apart, seem like, and you're just mangled up from this or that and the other, church trouble, whatever it is. But I'm hoping that you'll just get enough about you tonight to grab a hold of one promise and draw a line and say, devil, I'm coming across that line. The book of Revelation shows how that antichrist spirit would come into the church and defile it and make it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. It exposed, we know this quote, it exposes Satan revealing his works, the attempted destruction. I love, hey, the attempted destruction of God's people and the discrediting of God's word. Right down to the time he's cast in the lake of fire, he fights that, he can't stand it. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for, that she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. 
she will be an invincible army. Hallelujah. Amen. She will be an invincible army. That's what this Navy SEAL, we almost feel indestructible because of what has been put inside of them. Such a belief to believe, a creed of an evil government. Amen. To do the missions of an evil government. It's what it is, an evil government that Satan controls. And they do it with passion. They do it with grit. They do it, they're, going to, they're not gonna fail. You have to take the life out of me. That's the only way I'm quitting. And they do it like that under those, those, those under that understanding. And here we are on the other side, amen, a true church with a true commission from the kingdom of Almighty God, how much more should we fight? How much more should we go, go with all that we got? How much better would our services be if we would come with all we got? Oh yeah, I know we got this on our mind and that on our mind and that tomorrow, next week, and we already in the next month. Christmas is coming, don't you know, Brother Tim? Amen, what about right now? There might be a seal in here this evening that's got enough passion inside of them that'll begin to grab a hold of a promise and begin to fight their way towards that devil that's got somebody caged up. Amen, this is their goal, this is their creed. I'm going to guard, amen, my friends. I'm gonna fight for them. I'm not gonna give up on them. Come on now. Amen, I may give up on you, these men may give up on you, but God's never gave up on you. He says, she will be an invincible army they get the true revelation of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church and by God's spirit discern and withstand. Not just see it, but withstand it. That means stand up against it. That means take a stand. Satan will be powerless before her. He will be as definitely thwarted or defeated today as when Christ withstood his every effort to gain power over him in the desert. Yes, Satan hates revelation, but we love it with true revelation in our lives. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us, but we will prevail over them. And that's enough words right there. It makes me want to go fight. Because I'm, I'm, I'm fighting a defeated enemy. I'm fighting a defeated foe. Hallelujah, that's who you're fighting. He's already been defeated at Calvary. Amen, your healing's already been paid for. Amen, it struck me so real last night as I began to think about healing. And you know, and people say, well, I don't know if it's the Lord's will. If I'm healed, listen, they use that for a cop-out for their unbelief. Listen, the Lord's will is his word. And his word says, by my stripes, you're healed. I'm the Lord God that heals all thy diseases. I love how he does that kind of stuff. He makes things very simple. He puts high blood pressure, cancer, sugar, diabetes, and any kind of word, however long you want to make it, and he puts it in three letters, all. Amen. In other words, he don't have to come and do an addition or, ah, well, what do I cover? Yeah, I'll do cover. No, it's already covered. It's already done. It's already finished. 
I've used this before and I'll use it again. But Timothy said in the last days, perilous times shall come. The last days for who? We get all nervous about that and we see it. It is the last days. It is the last moments of time. But it's not my last days. No, no, this is only my beginning. But it is the last days for cancer. It is the last days for a trigger diabetes. It is the last days for back trouble. It is the last days for depression. It is the last days for anxiety. It's the last days for the devil. Your enemy has an expiration date. Your enemy has a day. He is coming to his end. But you're not. You're eternal. Just as God is eternal. And while your enemy's burning in the lake of fire, you're going to be shouting on the hills of glory. I say let's get the party started. This is not my last day. This is my beginning. I'm just about to step from time into eternity. Hallelujah. Your enemy has an expiration date. And him knowing that, he knows he has such a short time. And still he fights. He must believe in what he's doing. You know why people give up? Because they stop believing. Amen. If this man would have stopped believing in his mission, he'd been laying dead somewhere and they had to go get him. But maybe burn up in the fire. I don't know what would have happened to him. But there was something that was instilled in him through his training, through what he had been through. <laughs> Listen, God doesn't waste a battle. In every battle, he is preparing you for the next. <laughs> ah, Brother Timothy, I don't like hearing that. Well, that's just the way it is. We're not in the millennium yet. There's going to be one trial to the next trial to the next trial. Hey, listen, we're not the only ones, though, that deal with depression and suicide and spirits of every kind. The whole world deals with them. At least we have a hope. At least we have something that we can lean upon in our times of trials and in the darkness that comes around us. And all we can look up and see a few stars, yet there's something on the inside of us that says, I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I, I hadn't been to church in a while. I, I went on the sidelines somewhere, but there's something still on the inside of me. I can look back and I can say, all my life, he's been faithful. Through church trouble, he's been faithful. Through church splits, he's been faithful. Though preachers walked away, he's still faithful. Come on, somebody. Though all walk away, he's still God. This is where you gotta come to. You're gonna go through times. You're gonna go through wilderness, Jesus did. He was our commanding officer. He would not give you a commission that he would not do himself. Matter of fact, he's been tempted in all things. That's what the Bible says. He's went through it all. You know, I, I don't know where this story comes from, Brother Danny, where Brother Danny Steeman had told me about it. And I hope I can get it as correct as possible because it's very profound. It was a man that was 
dealing with a homosexual spirit. And he went to his pastor and he began to talk to him. And finally, he looked at his pastor. He said, he said I, look, pastor, you can't help me. He said, I, you, you ain't never dealt with this. You, 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 don't, you, know what, you don't know what it's like to deal with what I'm going through. I, I don't know why I'd come. He said, I don't know what to. And he said, the pastor just kind of bowed his head and didn't really know what to say. And he hears a voice speak to him and said, you tell him I did. He was tempted in all things. He went through it all. Therefore, he would not commission you to go something through something that he hadn't already went through and showed it can be defeated, showed it can be overcome, showed you can rise above it. Jesus went through church splits. He had friends walk away from him. His own family denied him. He went through it all. I'm just so broken, Brother Timothy. Well, if you allow allow God to use it, he can use that brokenness. This is another sermon, but I I was just doing some research on on brokenness and and, and studying on ashamed and being broken and ashamed. And I come across this technique they do in Japan. It's called Tsukubi or something like that. Not very good in Japanese, not very fluent. And so that's the English version of what they do. But anyway, it's a, it's a, a technique that if you're walking across your kitchen so, or somewhere and you got your grandma this, or a dish that's been passed down through generations of beautiful pottery and you got it in your hand and... And you're very, trying to be very careful because it's been passed down. It's worth a lot of money, antiques, you know, whatever. And you stumble against something that falls out of your hand and crashes into pieces. You know, they don't go take that pottery and sweep it all up and throw it in the trash. A lot of us do that. We've done that many times. You know, well, I can't do none of that. It's broke. But they actually take that and they gather up all those pieces. And they begin to put that pottery together. You know what they use, Brother Jason? They use gold. And they take gold and they line this cracks of this vessel and actually they say, amen, the value is greater now than it was before. Because of the gold that's placed on them cracks and it's now a beautiful vessel and it's one of a kind. You can't get another one like it. (laughs) Come on, somebody. We're all one of a kind. We can't get another one like you. Why do you think Jesus has tried over and over and he didn't throw the clay away, but he just picked it up and he molded it because he can't get another one like you. And he's destined, he brought you here for a purpose to fulfill something, amen, and to, and to be somebody. Listen, we ain't all white, we ain't all black, we ain't all whatever color, we ain't all kind of, we're all different. God made us this way. Come on now, amen. God knows how to mold the pottery. And he don't look at you as a broken piece. He looks at you as the possibility of his amazing grace. And he reaches down and he picks you up and he puts in those cracks and those knocked out spots in your heart and he puts deity there. Come on somebody, does anybody know about the love of Jesus? Does anybody know about the grace of Jesus? Amen, this is what it is. 
Brother Jason. He takes six pieces. They ain't all broken the same. You can take the very same bowl and drop it. Two of them just alike, same color, same everything. And they all break in different places because they have different places of weaknesses. Amen, but God doesn't take you and decide, okay, I'm done, throw him in the trash pile. No, he picks it up. <laughs> I got to share this one right here while we're on this pottery. Brother Matt Morris was just at our church and he was ministering over there in India and he was, he was going down to the river to baptize some people. And he was sitting on the bank there as they, was, as they went down. And he's looking around. There's all this pottery. And he sees one piece that was, that was, that was still pretty much all there. And he said, that'd be kind of nice to take home. They throw it away. He said, I'll just take it home. And the brother's like, oh, no, brother. Don't do that. He said, those, those things were one time, there were, they were dishes that they used to worship idols. And he got to looking at that piece of pottery and looking at that water. Looking at that piece of pottery and looking at that water. He said, do you not realize what is taking place here? We're taking vessels down in that water that once were vessels of idolatry. Once served a dead God. But they're going to be buried in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be raised up in the resurrected power. He said, this is a sign that God can take what's wrong and what's tore up and what's messed up and what's thrown in the heap pile and bring it out of there and make it a vessel of honor. <laughs> Jesus was led up by the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and the tempter came to him, this is Matthew 4 and verse 3. He said, if thou be, the Son of God, <laughs> if thou be. Command these stones to be made to bread. And he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And the devil taking up the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to them, if thou, notice all the questions. The devil likes to throw up a lot of questions. If thou be, if you're really an overcomer, if this, if Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. The devil take him up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and say to them, All these things will I give to thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve. See, he said, The word of God will defeat Satan anywhere. Anywhere. Jesus said all of his fine qualities the Father had given him, but he's, he, he, with all those fine qualities, he said, it is written. When he met Satan, he defeated him right there on the word of God, brought it down to a place that anybody, the weakest of Christians, the weakest of Christians can defeat Satan on the word of God. You will not defeat him on your feelings. You will not defeat him on your circumstances. You will not defeat him in the things around you, but you can defeat him if you stand on the word. So if we have to have a word to stand on, it's gotta be a word that never fails because if it's a word that fails, you can't stand on something that's shaking and moving and it's gotta be a firm foundation. So God gives us a word and he keeps his word. No matter how unreasonable it may seem to a people, God will always keep his word. 
Hallelujah. That's why if you got children that are lost, you need to put that word before you. They shall be there and their offspring with them. The promise is unto you and your children. That's how you defeat him when he comes. If, if they were really sons or if they were really daughters, they wouldn't be out there. Well, if you, they weren't, why are you so worried about them, devil? Amen. Why are you worrying me about them if you think they're, that's not who they are? But you know there's got to be something on the inside. And the devil gets nervous because he knows his time is short. He's only got just a certain time he can keep your children. Oh, now, he's only got a certain time he can keep you in the place that you are. But there's a word for your deliverance. And there's a spirit that'll follow that word and break the chains off of lives. God's word is infinite. He knows all the future from the beginning. And he doesn't make a promise unless he knows it's going to happen. Hallelujah. I love a word like that. My word may fail, your word may fail, but his word never has failed. Not one time. Not one time has it failed. He said, you know how strange that people might have thought of in the days of Noah when he was building away at the ark to save himself and his household there's going to be rain come down to the heavens. But it didn't matter what they thought. God reigned it just the same. They had scientific proof. They had, it had never, Noah, what are you doing? Well, I'm building an ark. For what? It's going to rain. Rain, what is that? What is, it's going to fall from the heavens and it's going to come up from the earth and he's going to flood this place. No, you done lost your mind. We got instruments we sent up there and there's no rain. There's never has been. Uh, let me look back. Since the beginning of time, what God said is going to rain. So he just kept putting another nail in the ark. Listen, critics are going to critic. Unbelievers are going to unbelieve. No matter how much you try to argue with them, no matter how much you try to show them, that's who they are. But a believer, he's going to believe. It's who we are. We have a belief in our commission, therefore we're going to fulfill it. And if a devil happens to step up in our way, we're going to cast him out. And if sickness arrives, we're going to lay hands on it and it's going to go. Because it's his word and I can stand on his word. He says, I think about Moses standing up there on the side of the mountain looking at that burning bush. He had lost all hopes of freedom. Listen to this. He had lost all hopes of freedom. Didn't seem like the freedom that the people he so gallantly stood for one time was ever going to happen. Been 40 years since he tried. But in the light of God standing by that burning bush, everything in him changed. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I think it's the same today that many of us lose the sight of freedom. I think as a little boy sitting here, maybe infantile paralysis, little arms twisted up, lady with a white cane, or maybe a blind woman, lovely young lady on a cot, maybe cancer, or heart trouble, or diseases, maybe it's gonna kill you. You lose all thoughts of freedom as soon as a doctor says it's incurable. But let me say this, with God, there's no such a thing as an incurable disease. 
It doesn't matter what the doctor said. It doesn't matter what monitors say. It doesn't matter what tests say. It only matters what God says. He said, that's the reason. He said, I think men and women today, would, would they would ever step into the light of the Holy Spirit and under the unction of God's Spirit, the light of God's Word, everything that God promised will illuminate to you and be real again. Again, be real again. Maybe you've lost the realness. Step into the light of His Word and let it become real again. He said, I, 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 that's the reason Moses failed in the first place. Here's what's the matter. It was the lack of having what the burning bush had. Amen. What our failure today is the lack of having what the Holy Spirit has. The Holy Spirit has all good things for us. There he goes again, all, all good things for us. And if we receive the Holy Spirit, then all, somebody say all, all things are possible, not only possible, but promised. My God, Jesus said, ask the Father anything in my name and I will do it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it'll be given to you. See, when we step in the light of God's word with the unction of the Holy Spirit to shine a light on it, brother, the impossible becomes a little thing then. Hallelujah. Amen, I love how God magnifies things. He makes what we think big into little things. Come on, sometimes you need to change your perspective. Get up a little higher. Amen, I remember when I first went to South Africa, I was walking down them streets and them big tall buildings. I thought, wow, this is amazing. You know, I'm a city boy. We tallest thing we got to pine tree, or a country boy. The tallest thing I got to pine tree. It's pretty tall, but it ain't nothing like them skyscrapers. I thought, wow, this is amazing. Next day, I'm up on top of one of them eating dinner. And I'm looking down, I was like, wow, them people look little. The next day I was up on Table Rock and I was looking down on that, on that restaurant down on the city and you could barely make out where I was standing. Just see little, little, little things walking around. And a few more days later I was in an airplane and I went over Table Rock and I looked down and Table Rock looked small. See what you're looking at depends on where you're at. What you're really seeing depends on what you're at. If you're in the world, the things of the devil looks huge. It looks impossible. It looks like I'll never overcome. But if you'll get in the light of God's word, you'll realize it's a little thing. Amen, it's a little thing to overcome smoking and drinking and drugs. It's a little thing in the presence of Almighty God. I've seen him in a moment take it all away. And getting an astronaut, getting a rocket, things really begin to look small. This big old world and all our worries and all our frustration, ain't a person sitting on top of a rocket worried about anything that's going on in this world. I got to thinking about that when we was in the middle of 2020 and COVID and then we got all the riots that were happening and in the middle of that they shot a rocket off. I thought, I bet them two guys sitting on there, they ain't worried about COVID. They ain't, worried, they ain't looking over. I wonder what they're doing over there in Minneapolis or where it was, rioting, and this is Chicago's, New York's, whatever. I don't know. Their eyes was on something different. Their position had changed. 
Maybe the day before they was reading all about it, but today they're looking to go into another atmosphere. <laughs> Maybe before these meetings you was reading all about it. You thought it was impossible to overcome that thing. You thought it was impossible to ever see your family serving God. But maybe you got on the top of a rocket and you started looking up. Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. And you started looking into another realm. And what was big becomes a little thing. God asks us to believe his word. Therefore, he sends his Holy Spirit to energize that word. When he falls into it, he said when the word's being preached and the Holy Spirit brings the word, he energizes that and flashes the same light of God's blessed promise. God said, I have remembered my promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I'm sending you down there to do it. And when God's word and promise becomes enlightened by the presence of the angel of the Lord, stop Moses now if you can. Yeah, he's on his road because God always keeps his promises. I thought this was pretty amazing. Last night, Brother Jason ended this on the, on the arrow of God's deliverance. It was a king that was given a commission. Strike the ground. Amen, he's told to shoot a bow and he was told to strike a ground. And we know what he did. He just took little three little lackadaisical hits at it. And he quit. That was as far as he could go with what he believed God could do. Some people can strike the ground till they get to justification and as far as they go. Sanctification, that's as far as they go. But listen, God wants to take us all the way. Amen, we strike the ground enough to get our healing or, or get a little deliverance, but we still live with other things and we allow Satan to bombard our mind and bombard our houses and bombard our children. He wants you to take the arrow of God's deliverance and go to striking that ground until your enemy is gone. If I can get somebody here tonight to believe the commission enough to grab an arrow. Devil, I have had enough of you. You have come on my territory one too many days, one too many moments, and I'm here to take your head off. Yeah, that's a sermon right there. I preached it. Me and Brother Tim went in there to pray for a woman that had cancer in her body and the doctors were taking her the next morning or maybe that day to, to have an operation. And Dad asked her, she's laying there in that cancer-riddled body and said, what do you want me to do, sister? She said, I want you to cut his head off. I pray for me, Brother Tim, that I'll just get to feeling better and my emotions will get all right. And this, uh, cut his head off. So we did what she said. We took the sword of the word, the commission that God gave us, and we laid hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. And that cancer ain't a sickness, it's a devil. It's a name that the, that the doctors give to it, but we know what the eagle said. He said it's a spirit. And it come in that body, in a body that was given unto God, and it wasn't his possession to begin with. Hallelujah. We took our commission seriously, and we prayed the prayer of faith. And she went into the operation room. They opened her up. They said, there ain't no cancer here. Hallelujah. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever.
He's still the same God. He's still the same one right now. You've heard the story, probably watched the video, but Sister Atlanta Butts, as a warrior, might have been about a 90-pound warrior, but she was a warrior nonetheless. She would come to church. Didn't matter what her feelings were. Listen, she'd put a lot of us well people to shame. We make up all kinds of, I'm gonna just be real tonight. I, we, may, we make all kinds of excuses not to be in the house of God. When the commission is to be there. It's part of the commission to the church. <laughs> yeah, well, all right, yeah. I don't, you don't get popular being like, I ain't interested in being popular. I'm interested in preaching God's word. I'm interested in getting somebody saved. I'm interested in taking my sword and cutting off lukewarmness and formalism and powerless religion. I'm sick and tired of it. Amen, I believe we ought to be a people that knows our God and does exploits. It's not afraid to stand toe to toe with the devil and say, take your hands off. You've come and you defied the armies of the living God, but today is your day of defeat. It's our commission. This little woman was coming to church. She didn't care. She'd have cancer treatments. Same week, be there. Be on the couch. Couldn't hardly get herself up. I gotta get to church. Drag her little 90 pound shriveled up body. The doctors thought the cancer treatment itself was gonna kill her. Brought her in there and we put her up in the back and isolated her with her family. But on one Sunday morning, Oh, Jesus, I'll never forget that moment. Amen, Brother Tim was preaching that Bible days are here again. We're serving a Bible God that has a Bible word, that has Bible signs and wonders. Amen, it's not a day gone by, a God, a God that we can just testify about, a God that we can just talk about, but a God that we can know, a God that answers our prayers. And he's preaching that thought as he even spoke about some of it just a few months, this other night. But here he is. And he begins to sing a song. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. That word struck that little 90 pound woman. She said, I don't have to fear this. Out of her seat she come and she made about two laps around that building. And as she come, prophecy went forth and said, Miriam, your enemy's dead. Hallelujah. You say, well, what about it? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. She went to the doctor the next day and she goes and gets her pet scan and they come back all clear. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you we're in that same kind of service tonight. Amen. You can walk in here all battled down and all bound down and your scan looks all dark and dim, but you can come out the next side. All clear, all is well, it's finished, it's over with. We're still here. The mission's still on. Amen, we're not to cower down. And so what about this one that died? That has nothing to do with it. The mission's still on. 
I'll just tell you a personal testimony. Just a few years ago, passing to my mother in 2021, I was to go, right before she passed away, I was to go to Brother Ron Spencer's minister for him. And then the next weekend, be at Brother Josh Bennett's for their meetings. And it was in between, it was me and my wife's 25th anniversary. Amen. Thankful for a good wife. Amen. Amen. Thankful she could be with us. Sister Katie, Sister Katie's at home tonight. She's not feeling well in her body. And just believing the Lord's healing her even now. But here, just in a real touch and go place, and she's in and out of the hospital, and she's on a, seemed like we didn't realize at the time, but she was on a very fast decline. Of course, holding faith, preaching faith. The circumstances doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's wilting down or who's going away or who's walking away. That has nothing to do with it. I have a commission, and I'm going to fulfill it. I don't care as they say, a hair lips the devil. I could care less. Amen. Knocks all of his teeth out. Good deal. Amen. We are going to finish this. Amen. So I, I was praying about it. What I, what I do, you know, and watching, looking, and talking with Brother Tim. He said, he said, son, we are at a Red Sea moment. He said, I believe we need to speak and go forward. He said, you need to go to Brother Ron's. And you go to those meetings and God will take care of things. And he did. Matter of fact, I'll never forget the week I was leaving. I went to go see her in the hospital, and she, she didn't know anybody. Really. Well, she knew people. She didn't know the day. She didn't know it was Tuesday, and she didn't know what day it was. She knew her birthday and me and Dad, but thought she was at home in the hospital room. She was trying to go into places. It was thought it was her house. And I'm just being very real right now. And, 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 and so we, I go to sit with her and talk with her because I want to see her, hoping she'll get out of the hospital before I leave. And, and uh, I, I just begin to sing to her, begin to sing songs just because she was real uptight and nervous. And she knew something wasn't right, but she didn't know what. You could tell her spirit was just tore up. So I remember what David would do. He would just sing. So I began to sing, and I, I'd sing, Oh, holy believe. And she would sing along with me. Oh, and lift her hand. They sang, you know, it would just settle right down. And you could see her almost just come to herself. And then, we, and then we'd stop for a minute and just come all over again. I just begin to sing again. About the second song or so, she, she looks at me and she said, Are you preaching tomorrow night? She didn't know what day it was as far as I knew. I said, Yes, ma'am, I am. She said, I'm going to be there. So well, praise the Lord. Didn't look like it, did it? Didn't look like it was no way she was going to be there. The next morning, they dismissed her. And she shows up at church. She loved to go to church. And she was a godly woman and and instilled a lot of godly principles in us children. But, you know, I, I, I thought, well, surely, you know, God's moving. You, you're looking for every sign. You're looking for everything. You're, you know, you just, you're believing. You're pushing it out. You just keep going forward. So she had to go back in the next morning as we flew out just for some tests and they didn't find anything, let her go. And so I go to Brother Ron's and, and I'm just praying and just asking God, God, be merciful, you know. And it just burdened. And I'm just like, God, I need an answer. I, I want to answer. I, I know you answer. And I begin to study on a God that answers. And I begin to see where Brother Branham said, God always answers. He said, many times it's in an unexpected way at an unexpected time in an unexpected place. He said, but you just need to realize that when he speaks, he answers. May not be what you expect, may not be what you're looking for, but he answers. So I get up that, that Sunday morning and I begin to preach that thought on the God that answers and I'm here looking for an answer. Yeah. 
And I'm praying for an answer. And I'm asking God, God, I need to see you visibly. I need to know. I, I need to know that you're here and you're, see, you're moving in this situation. So Brother Ron has a, a, a little pulpit part or platform part that goes out in front of his, his uh, pulpit. And I walk out there for some time and I'm preaching. And I'm just going. I went off my text. And, by, by, and at that time, my iPad, it went blank and, and you know, it turned off. And, and I'm just preaching. And I'm telling about the three Hebrew children and how they come to the fire. And up in, he said, Brother Brown, said, let's turn towards heaven. And he said, I look up there and the angels say, God, are, are you seeing what's going on? He said, yeah, I see it. And he begins, this angel comes up, and I'm just going very fast here, but this angel comes up. That angel comes up. He said, no, y'all been good angels. He said, but this is a job for me. And I'm around there in the front. I don't, at that time, I didn't have an Apple Watch that could operate something remotely. Didn't have that on. Didn't have one. And I'm preaching, and all of a sudden, as I'm speaking of him, I said, he has come down into the fire. And when I said that, I heard a voice begin to speak. Now, sitting behind me with Brother Ron, Brother Andrew, and they saw my iPad pop up. They saw it go through all the, all through the apps and pick up amen, where, the, where the tapes were and move down and pick a tape and push play. You, you can argue with it how you want to. That's what happened. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, and they witnessed that take place. And at that moment, Brother Ron bumps Andrew. He said, the angel of the Lord is standing right there at the pulpit. And I hear Brother Branham's voice. He said, it's the favorite of all the hymns. He said, my favorite of all the hymns, he said, because it expresses the extreme deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in the day that we're living in. He said, everybody else wants to make him just a man, but he was more than a man, he was God. And that voice booms out all the way out into the audience to where sisters in the vestibule thought they put it on their speakers and it's just playing out of my iPad. And I thought, God, you're in the fire. You've showed yourself, you're answered, and I'm just believing God's gonna move. I go on to Brother Josh's and, and I go on the next week home after I preach that meeting, Brother Josh's. I land in Shreveport, she goes into the hospital and she don't come out. I was sitting there on about the second row at her memorial service. And I'm just honestly asking why. And Brother Donnie, you know, began to speak and he said, it's okay to ask why. But I'm asking why. And as I'm speaking that, I was like, Lord, I, I thought you showed very clearly you was in the fire. And as I said that, a voice spoke to me. said, I've wanted to show you I was in the fire with you. He said, she's okay, but I'm with you. And he spoke these words that I'm gonna give you a new song to sing. And I began to look at that and I thought, here I'm singing the song of mourning and my, I've lost my mom, but I'm not always gonna sing this song. I'm not always gonna sing the song of being down and defeated and, and depressed, but he's gonna give me a new song to sing. And I begin to run it through the scriptures and bring it all the way down to Revelation 5. Listen, he has given the bride of Jesus Christ a new song to sing. Hallelujah. It's the song of the Lamb. And he is alive. He is among us. And he's in the fire with us. Yes. 
I'll show you just how plainly he proved that to me. I would fly home and I would go into the hospital room where she was. She hadn't spoken a word in 18 hours or so, 18, 24 hours and hadn't said nothing to a doctor and nothing to anybody. I walk in there with me and my dad and we talk with her a minute and she don't really say anything. He walks into the restroom because it's about an hour from the house and we'd been spending time talking to the doctor before we got to her and he walked into the restroom and I got down in her face. I said, mom, look at me and she turned her head at me. I said, I'm here to tell you, he's in the fire with us. And God is my witness. That song Brother Brennan was references was down from his glory. Ever living story. My Booth Cliburn wrote is what he said. Down from his glory, ever living story. My God and Savior came and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger to his only stranger. Man of sorrows, tears, and agony. I said, Mom, he's coming to the fire with us. And she looked at me and she goes, Dad, from his glory, ever living story, my God and Savior came, and Jesus was his name. She lifted her hand, born in a manger, to his own stranger, tears began to stream down her eyes, a man of sorrows, tears, and agony. And she goes, oh, how I love him. Oh, how I adore him. Amen, that was my new song. That no matter how hard it is, no matter how dark it may seem, I got enough something on the inside of me. Oh, how I love him. Oh, how I adore him. My strengths, my sunshine, my all in all. Hallelujah. Oh God, I looked at that tape and I began to realize, I began to realize that tape was where he called for the woman to wash Jesus' feet. Listen, you may have been singing a song of depression. You may have been singing a song of defeat. You may be been singing a song of I'll never make it. It's over with. I'll never get there. I'm finished. I'm just gonna walk away. I'm here to tell you there's a new song to sing. Can you sing it with me this morning? And say, oh, how I love him. Do you love him more than your, do you love him more than the situation? Do you love him more than Laodicea? Do you love him more than what you're going through? Then if you love him this evening, you ought to lift your hands and say, oh, how I love him. When it seems like all hope is gone and the devil's about to squish me, he's my strength. And I can rise up again and grab my sword one more time and say, devil, your head's coming off. Come on now. Do you love him more than your backslid condition? Do you love him more than that lukewarmness is one of us? Shrink you like a boa constrictor as we heard and suck the life out of you. Do you love him more than your makeup? Do you love him more than your dress? Do you love him more than your stinking rotten attitude? Come on, somebody. Do you love him more than what you have before you? 
I got to study and buy, buy the airplanes. Hey, Amen. We're bringing this on now. We're bringing it on up, however you want to look at it. I got to study about airplanes, you know. And when they adjust their different things, the wings and the flaps and the rudders and this, that, you know, you know what that's called? It's called adjusting the plane's attitude. And you know what happens to a plane when it adjusts its attitude? It adjusts its attitude to go higher. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of y'all need an attitude adjustment. Your attitude needs to be adjusted about the church. Your attitude needs to be, come on now. Your attitude needs to be adjusted about the preaching and the worship and the songs and this, that, and the other. We need our attitudes adjusted because we need to go higher. This bride is not descending down into hell. She's rising up. Hallelujah, I'm speaking to a people that's rising up, rising in power, rising in authority. Rising in thus saith the Lord. He says we're in a time of a matching time. People want to match this. Well, these are wearing this, so I need to wear that. Hey, I'll just be honest with you. We got a lady down there, and all y'all, most of y'all know her because I know. Down there in Waco, Texas, and she began to put out a TV show, and it changed, transformed millions of houses, and she didn't have to touch one of them, but because of what she was projecting, she had reached and made. Oh God, she had reached into another realm. And she was drawing energy and power from that realm. And it was drawing people back to her. We actually got a lady right now in Menden, Louisiana that's doing the same thing. She's now moving into television and things and, and all of that. What is it? She has found that what's around her is not all the power. There's more that she can't see than she can see. Oh, yeah, I'm going to preach that right there. Amen, that she can gather so much revenue and so much resources and it's limited by this 15,000 people and maybe 100,000 around her. But she's realized if I can just get into the other realm, there's others there that I can reach. I can't see them, I don't know them, I've never met them, but I can reach them and pull from them the power to obtain what I need. Oh, hallelujah. That's exactly that. Satan is nothing but a copycat. That's exactly what we should be doing. Pulling not from the rams around us. You pull too much from the ram around you, you'll dress like them, you'll act like them, you'll look like them. Hey, I know it ain't, it ain't popular to preach against makeup anymore, but it's still wrong. It ain't popular to preach against cutting hair, but it's still wrong. God doesn't change. And it ain't just for the sisters. There's a godliness that needs to be about our boys too. Amen. I know we want to harp, 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 harp. The way you dress so long, do this so much, and our boys look, walk around looking like a bunch of homosexuals. It's time we clean up. It's time we have a house cleaning and saying, devil, I've had enough of you. If you want to match something, match your experience against Paul's. <laughs> if you want to match something, it's matching time with the grace of God in the Bible. That's our example, real matching time. Don't try to match your neighbor. Match some of the saints of the Bible. 
some of the saints in the Bible. So if you're a saint, act like one. Dress like one. Talk like one. Pray like, what's a direct quote? Believe like a saint. Be like a saint. Live like a saint. Die like a saint. And go to heaven like a saint. Sounds like a good deal to me. Amen. But, uh, you know, we're in a separating time. It's a borderline believing. Halfway, lukewarm. The devil don't mind if you're in the church. He just won't want you to be the church. Huge difference. He don't mind if you sit on a pew. He just don't want you to be involved. And take authority over his kingdom. And that's what we've been given. We've been given a commission. It's a direct authority. He said, you know, it says, he said, Laodicean church age. That's what we're in, right? He said, you'd be just lukewarm. He said, it makes God sick at his stomach. He said, he'd spew you out from his mouth, the Laodiceans. Just enough religion to make you sick. Go back to the spirit that works in the framework of the church. What church was he talking about? This church, the bride of Jesus Christ. I know we want to separate it out when the husk pulled away, but it's still pulling away. Borderline believing. Only going so far. Preach what you want to, just don't mess with my closet. Preach what you want to, just don't mess with my telephone. Don't mess with the things I'm looking at. Don't, don't, don't mess with that. Preach is happy. All right. Amen. The way to get happy is to get saved. The way to get saved is to get down on your knees and repent. And say, God, I'm sorry for the long, lousy life I've been living. And I've been laying under a rock somewhere. I want more than I had yesterday. Amen. Is there some real Christians even tonight? Maybe you're even filled with the Holy Ghost, but there ought to be a desire. I want more than I had yesterday. So I'm going to draw me a line in the sand and I'm going to pull myself across it. And if I'm still alive when I get on the other side, I'm going to draw another line. I'm going to keep seeing lines drawn to all my children's in. I'm going to see lines drawn to cancer's healed. I'm going to see lines drawn to people who are filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's draw some lines here. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. How the old saints of God used to sit around and sing the redemption songs, sing of the blood and the power of God. And today it's as cold as zero. Listen, he's actually preaching this on the fairgrounds before they moved into Life Tabernacle. It was in Shreveport, Louisiana. This was a church he actually says here. It's one of his favorite places to preach. He would preach there, I don't know how many Thanksgiving services. You know, they just put out... And he begins to call them out and tell them where they're wrong. I know I'd love to be in Brother Brandon's meeting. Some of you wouldn't. Because some of you get your hide burned. I know hide burning sermons ain't popular no more. And we want to, we wanna, you know, just a, just a preacher who tells us all the good things. Listen, the good thing is you're going to miss hell. Amen. Well, Tim said it like this, and I thought it was really good. He said, this world will be as close to heaven 
some people will ever get. But this world will also be as close to hell as I ever get. That's good news right there. If this is as close to hell as I get, glory to God. Hallelujah, because this is not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm a stranger and a pilgrim here. Stranger and a pilgrim, what does that mean? Well, go to some land that ain't American and find out. You'll find out really quick you're strange. You walk like an American, you talk like an American. Somewhere between here and over there, I picked up an accent. Can't speak the language, don't look like them, don't dress like them, don't act like them, don't eat like them. I ain't like them because that's not who I am. Then how are we going to be dressing like Laodiceans, acting like Laodiceans, being like, living like Laodiceans, but yet the bride of Jesus Christ? No, that is not going to happen. The bride of Jesus Christ will in no wise be a lukewarm Lord as Laodiceans, but she will be on fire with the fire of God. So if you find yourself in that condition, you don't have to stay there. Hallelujah, that's good news. <laughs> Amen, I found myself in foreign lands many times and I found out real quick, I don't have to stay here. I got me a ticket home. <laughs> and I got a passport with my picture on it. I got a ticket that the price has already been paid and I am going. Now, I'm depending on a plane and a company that may delay and may cancel and I may have to fight my way home. Amen, but I'm, that's, not the, that's not the carrier we're looking at. This old ship of Zion, it'll crest every wave. Hallelujah. This waves has been against this ship. It's been battered, it's been torn, but she's gonna crest every one of them. Hallelujah. And if you got your ticket in your hand, you can rejoice right now and say, thank God the way is paid. I don't have to stay here. This is not my home. I'm passing through. Some of us need to strike the ground more. Strike the ground to our attitudes change. You know, it ain't all about striking the ground. Boy, I wish God to save that person. No. God save me. For you to say that shows the very fact you need to be saved. Amen. Anyhow, preach it. Amen. Thank you. Let me go on down as we bring this down. No matter how little you are, how big you are, how important you are, how unimportant, this is a direct quote, how unimportant you are, you are here to serve a purpose. Just as my finger is here for a purpose, the nail on my finger is for a purpose, my eye and every part of our bodies is to serve a purpose, seen or unseen. Some of the unseen parts are way more important than the seen parts. Prayer warriors are very important for a church. Amen. People that say are supporting is very important. You may not ever be on the camera. Lord knows I don't want to be on the camera. Don't understand anybody who does want to be on the camera. But the unseen parts are very, very important. Even things that the doctors don't even know are important. You got parts of your body they can cut out and you can still live. But God put it there for a purpose. 
They may not know the purpose. They may not understand the purpose. But God didn't put it there just to see if he could put it there. Neither did he put you here just to see if he could put you here. Amen. He puts you here for a purpose. Amen. So if you know that you're here for a purpose, then there is nothing that can destroy us until God's purpose is fulfilled. Nothing can harm us until that purpose that God has put us here has been made manifest. No matter how much trouble we have, how many heartaches, sorrows, whatever we go through, all of those are for reasons. There is a reason for it. But it's all for a purpose. All powers of hell might raise against it, but this bride will prevail. We have God's eternal promise. Oh, there may be isms rise, there may be programs rise, there may be all kinds of things rise. Looks like it's gonna be destroyed, but it'll never be destroyed. It's the purpose of God to see that it will, be, that it will prevail. Then it's not up to me, it's not up to you whether to be destroyed or not, it's up to God. We can rest assured on it. God will never let our heritage be destroyed. Hallelujah, for it is his purpose to give it to us. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Stand to our feet and bow our heads if you would. We were all put here for a purpose. Every one of us. Hallelujah. He said, I tell you, we got to fight, but we might have the most powerful weapon. The devil makes fun of it and says there's no such a thing. But pick up tonight and receive the Holy Ghost and defeat every devil of sin, drunkenness, whatever it is. We got him on the run to be conquered. Yes. And someday that chief captain will come and sin and sickness and sorrow will be over with. And then we can lay our shields down. Then we can lay our swords down. Then we can say, it is finished. But until that day, pick your sword up. You read about it in the book of Nehemiah when they went to rebuild the walls. He said for every man to have a pick up a stone in one hand and a sword in the other hand. Sanballat and the man that was with him was coming in telling them they couldn't do it and they couldn't be that and they couldn't have it. But each man began to work on the wall that was in front of his house. The wall was not to keep you, it's not there to keep you from something, it's to keep you from the enemy from you. Brother Donnie says it so beautifully. He says, I don't look at this message as some wall that holds me in. He said, I look at it as, as my castle, yes. our protection. Yes. This word that preaches a, a, a clothesline religion is not to keep you from, you know, looking pretty or being something. No, it's for your protection. Yes. Yes. Get the bitterness out of your heart. I believe he's here very powerfully right now. He's here to touch hearts and lives. So I'll tell you what, 
what I want you to do, I want you, just wherever you are, each one of you to lay hands on one another. And I'm reading a quote again. So you can see that it's not me. It's not William Branham. It's not me. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And that you will know you're just as effective. <laughs> Did you hear that, church? You're just as effective because you are a believer. And if you feel the Holy Spirit is on you, maybe not in a gift like this, but the Holy Spirit's on you, somebody, someone, no matter who it is, lay hands on somebody and then bow your head. Lay your hands on somebody and bow your head. I feel led to do this. I feel it's your time for healing. I feel it's your time for deliverance. I believe the Holy Spirit is moving all over this audience. Hallelujah. He says, there's a little yonder, there's a little fellow yonder from Georgia praying there, sitting back there, have faith, believe. It's just everywhere, it's just everywhere. Don't pray for yourself. You pray for the person you got your hands on. That'll make every one of you praying for one another. Now, Lord Jesus, the Son of God who raised from the dead, even the threats of Pontius Pilate and the Roman governor seal could not hold you in the grave, God. The Almighty came down on the day of Easter and rolled back the stone and he broke the seal and you rose up and he was with your disciples 40 days and you commissioned them to go into the world and do the things that's being done now that's been 2,000 years ago. But Lord, you're still God. You cannot fail. You're here and this conference this evening we had, we We've reasoned things about it. We've reasoned that you're God. We've reasoned the reason that you're God. We've reasoned that you're here. And now we have a commission from you to lay our hands on one another. That's what you commissioned us to do. You said these signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay their hands upon the sick, they shall recover. This is our commission. And in obedience to that commission, the Lord is your servant. I commission and command every devil every spirit, every sickness, every affliction, every contrary thing that's bothering these people in the presence of God, by the witness of the Holy Ghost, by the commission of the angel, I challenge this spirit by the word of God, this spirit of sickness, this spirit of affliction, come out of the people in the name of the Lord and they be well, let them go. Satan, your bluff, we've called your hand. It's time to come when Jesus Christ has manifested himself. Satan, you are defeated. One time you held us, but you have no legal right no more. Jesus Christ stripped you. The price is paid. It's finished. Every complete plan of salvation, all healing, all deliverance, everything was finished at Calvary, and we're taking from you everything that you once possessed. We are the redeemed, purchased blood of Jesus Christ. Now take your hands off of God's property. Hallelujah. I command every sickness to leave. I command every depression to leave. I command every anxiety to leave. I command every demon of hell that wants to hold you in bondage to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you are defeated. We defy you. We pick up our rock and we draw a line in the sand. Hallelujah. You lukewarm spirit that wants to hold the children of God, I defy you. You spirit of Sodom that wants to hold a child of God, I defy you. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're about to sing that song. I tell you, I don't, I don't sing it unless it's in special moments, and this is one of those special moments because it's a special type thing to me. But Brother Matt hit it. It's 100%. This is a special moment. In that, in that tape is, I believe, the meanest man in Santa Maria, one of those on the washing of Jesus' feet. That's where that played. And I begin to realize God wants a people to worship Him in spite of their circumstances, in spite of their problems, in spite of the sickness, in spite of it all. Worship Him. Why don't you just make sure you don't let Him leave tonight with dirty feet? Every one of you is commissioned to wash His feet. It ain't just one person in this, in this story. It's every person in this building. Don't you let him leave with dirty feet. But you wash him with your tears. How long has it been? Say, God, it's been a long time since I felt the Spirit of God move. Well, tonight's the night. It's been a long time since I've had the freedom to just lift up my hand. Well, tonight's the night. It's been a long time since I had the ability, Lord, to just let it all go and let you know how much I love you. Tonight's the night. Don't let him leave with dirty feet. Hallelujah, see it. Bless me. Ever-living story. My God and Savior King. And Jesus was his name. Born a manger to his own a stranger. Oh, a man of sorrows, tears, and Don't let him pass you by. 
Don't let him get by you tonight. The day. Hallelujah. Oh, not one faint hope inside. Oh, God gracious. He laid aside. Oh, yeah. He laid aside. Hallelujah. What for? For me. Stooping to woo, to win, to save my soul. Hallelujah. Can you say it tonight? Oh, how I love him. Oh, how I love him. How I adore him. Savior. He's here to fill you with the Holy Ghost. 
Strike again. And I believe 
Don't let that enemy walk back out of these doors with you. You don't have to walk out with that same thing. You don't have to walk out with that complex. To the heavens. Strike that thing. Lift my eyes. You don't have to walk out of here with that sickness. Help comes Lift up your eyes. I trust in yes, you. My rock, my healer. I trust in you. Jesus is oh, yes. here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Oh my. And I receive him. Oh, let's sing it, friends. Oh, Jesus is here. Oh, lift it like an anthem now. All over the building. Jesus is here. Oh, he's here. Jesus is here. Here to meet every need. And I believe him. So I lift my hands. I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to Trust in you. My sickness can't stay. Oh my. Well, sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. That's right. And you are the God of all power. My life is here. Sickness can't stay. Oh, sickness can't stay any longer. Lord, your perfect love casting out fear. You are the God.
trust in you. I trust my chains are gold, and I've been set free. Oh, that's a victory song. My God, my Savior, if you're stressing me. expiration date <laughs> I don't but he does when when he's gone for 20 million years I'll still be going strong oh you are to put him in his place and just remind him you know I, I remember brother Howard, Howard Carroll used to say well the devil would get on him really really hard and things would just be you know, knocking left and right, and Brother Harold would just say, all right, Satan, all right, it's all right. This is your day. My day's coming. <laughs> My day's coming. Hallelujah. I believe he's got an expiration date. Amen. You know, the Apostle John said in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know, Satan does a lot of things to hinder our love of God. Entices us, brings all kinds of things, not just to young people, to old people. To allure you away, to get in the way of that love relationship. Because in that love, that's the greatest power on all, on all the earth. That's what Brother Branham said was his great secret to the supernatural. 
That, that power of love. That power to trust God. You know, something that the Lord has just made so real to me recently. And we realize that, you know, I mean, you can, you can take 1 John 2.15 and apply it to every age. It's, that's always been true. But the Apostle Paul, when he writes to, to, to Timothy in his second letter, in that third chapter, he starts talking about, in the last days, perilous times will come. And Brother Branham talks so, so much in Satan's Eden, God of this evil age, and he's proving by the Bible that that day that Paul was talking about, where Satan would be worshipped like God, would be the day that we live in. That this is perilous times. Not that they didn't have perilous times in every age, but there would come a time where it would be so bad where Satan would be exalted as the God of the earth and it would actually become his Eden. Are we here? I'm going to tell you something, friends. That's, that's one of the last things to see. The whole world, Brother Brown said, gone insane. Satan worship, and that's when the Lord perfects his bride. I love the power of God. I think about someday, Brother Tim, on that, on that great day, when, when we're seated there with Christ on the throne and Satan is brought forward for his judgment, and the Bible says they shall narrowly look upon him. Say, is this the man that made nations tremble? you got to be kidding. We fell for this. And, you know, I just imagine, I mean, you, you can take it or leave it. I just, for me, in my mind's eye, I don't think the Lord will let him get by so easily as to step forward and say, Satan, I gave you everything. I gave you the churches, the families, the schools. I gave you science and education. I gave you technology. I gave you finances. I allowed you to become the God of the age. And when you were at your zenith, I perfected this queen that you see with me. I perfected her right under your nose. Oh, what a victory, friends. The Apostle Paul warned that one of the things that would be very prominent is that people would be traitors, they would be heady, they would be high-minded and catch it, they would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I said to myself, I heard, I don't remember who now it was, one of our preaching ministry team members who was ministering, might have been Brother Matt recently, and he's quoting that scripture. And I said, Lord, don't ever let me be guilty of loving me more than I love you. Don't ever let me satisfy this rotten old flesh. When the enemy comes in to tempt me, say, I'm not going to love me more than I love him. Oh, that's what the world does. They're going to love themselves. They would be, the Bible says they would be lovers of themselves. Truce breakers, false accusers say, Lord, don't ever let me be a lover of me more than a lover of you. How many say, Lord, I wanted this flesh so crucified. Why, you know, why don't you listen, friends? Do you know that that when 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 something reaches an expiration date, I mean, you, you know, they'll they'll come around and that guy's got that stamp and he he's setting the date and he puts a stamp on there and sets it on the shelf and it's got that expiration date. You know, why don't you take your eyes of faith tonight and take the expiration and set it for tonight and say, Satan, you're expired. I'm not even gonna give you till tomorrow. You're expired 
tonight. How many are willing to have him expired? Say, I'm done with you. I'm not going to be a lover of myself anymore. I'm going to serve the Lord God. Oh, brother man, let's sing it again. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Have you expired him? Why don't you give him an expiration date? Put in capital letters, expired. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. Unending love. No expiration date. Amazing grace. All together, my chains, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, yours ransom me. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear forbear to shine. But God, but God who called called me me here here below tonight will be. thank you oh god we want to thank you what a wonderful word you've brought to us tonight what a wonderful atmosphere what a group of believing saints oh god let every power of the enemy be broken father may he have an expiration date that doesn't allow him to get into tomorrow he's expired tonight satan you're expired hallelujah we're not here to be a part of the world we're not here to love the world more than god we're not here. That's, that's, not our, that's not our program. That's not what he wrote about my life. Oh, Master, I'm not here to be a part of that world order. Not here to be part of that perilous time. I'm here to escape it, oh God. Lord, I pray tonight that every claim that was made in the name of Jesus Christ, it'll be recorded in heaven and enforced by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit, the Brother Branham said he's the enforcer of God's word. May he enforce the rights of God's people. It is our right to be free. It is our right to be clean. It is our right to be whole. 
Lord, and we exercise that right tonight. We thank you. We thank you for your word. Lord, all over this building, there's people here who love you. I just want you to take a look at it, Lord. Just take a look. All these people, Lord, they love you. They believe your word. Anywhere you go in the world, you might be rejected. They don't care. But Lord, look down on this little group tonight. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you with a great love. These teenagers love you. Old people love you. Single, married, male, female. We all love you, Lord God. Out across the airwaves, there's many watching who love you tonight, Lord. We want you to know we love you, Jesus. You're more than enough for us, Lord. We thank you now. Let this word, Lord, be cont continue to be watered by the, by the Holy Spirit. It's a seed, Jesus. You called your word a seed. It's a good seed. It'll grow. Lord, it'll grow. If it gets watered, gets nourished, Lord, it'll grow. It'll grow into a beautiful garden of your great holy life, Lord. And that's what yes. we desire. Go with us now, Lord, as we prepare. We're going to depart a building, but by no means are we wanting to depart your presence, Lord. Go with us to our homes. Wake us up in the morning. Bring us back. Love you. Love you. Lord, we're going to need more. We're going to need fresh manna tomorrow. Oh, may our hearts be prepared now. We thank you for all that you've done for us this evening. Everyone, Lord, who made that claim in Christ, let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. The church said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just so wonderful to have had you all here tonight. I know that many will be back at their own assemblies tomorrow, and that's a good place to be is at your place of duty. But uh, if you're back here in the morning, we will welcome you back. Sister Deb, what did you decide to do? figure it out later all right praise the lord there's no adult sunday school class tomorrow um uh, so we were just just letting you know service will start here promptly at 11 o'clock turn around and shake hands with somebody standing near you give them a good hearty handshake say god bless you god bless you <clears throat> amen everybody standing near brother josh floor is telling me he needs to stay till through tomorrow amen amen is looking at him say brother josh you need to stay amen Praise the Lord. Hey, we'll send prayers up to all of those situations. Just say, Lord, tell him to stay. Amen. I sure enjoyed that tonight. Amen. Samuel, God bless you. Good to have you here in the saints with you. All the different ones. Praise the Lord, Brother Virgil. Good to see you in the back there, brother. Praise the Lord. If you got in here early, we'd have had you up here singing. Praise the Lord. So God bless you. We're happy in the Lord. Oh, so many good to see here so many visitors and different ones god bless you we're happy to have you amen now there's no i know the tent's up out there but there's no meal tonight we had a luncheon today but tomorrow afternoon we're having a, a church dinner for everybody that's around so god bless you go in the love of christ tonight god bless you listen does anybody know about the love of jesus i do
Ah! 